Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep here on Amazing Business Radio, and I am, as always, excited about this week's show because we are going to be interviewing Ted Rubin, who is a social marketing strategist, and he's recognized as the top most followed chief marketing officer in Twitter and also has many other accolades related to his social media presence. Uh, he's he's just recognized uh, as one of the top dudes in, in just the influence of basically marketing and media. This is a guy you're going to want to hear from. We're going to be talking about how branding and marketing tie into customer service. We're also going to be talking about a topic that he is uh, very excited about is trust. And I thought that would be a great kickoff to today's show, which is to talk about how to create trust. Now, I wrote an article about this, oh, I'm going to say in the last year or so, and I, I resurrected it, and I'm going to give you a basic breakdown because I think it's going to tie in well to uh, what we're going to be talking about later on. There is an old saying, and uh, I'm, I'll probably bring this up later in the show as well when I talk to Ted, but people, uh, especially our customers, like to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. I'll also say that internally, the people we work with want to work with people they know, like, and trust, but let's just focus on the customer for now. Uh by the way, the knowing and liking part of that, know, like, and trust, the knowing and liking is easy. It's very easy, especially where we live here in the United States. And around the world, it differs. But in North America, customers are willing to give the places they do business with, typically, the benefit of the doubt until they are proven uh, that that wasn't what they should be doing. In other words, if you've got a good reputation and maybe you've got nice signage, maybe your store looks clean or maybe whatever your business is has a nice website presence or, you know, you, you're doing something, you know, if you're in the in the uh, in industrial or, or business to business type environment and you're at a trade show and you have a nice looking trade show booth and good salespeople that are friendly and outgoing, customers will immediately start to engage and like you. Uh, They will get to know you fairly quickly because, you know, you have this image you're trying to portray, and very quickly they're going to make an assessment as to whether or not that image is congruent with what you're trying to portray or not. And and I'm going to assume it is because it's usually, you know, nice company, good people. But now the trust part, the trust part is a little bit more difficult. That does not come the first time a customer decides to do business with you. Uh, it doesn't even come maybe even the second or third time. It does take time, although some people will give you the benefit of the doubt, and they'll say, until you prove me wrong, I love you, and that's fine. And by the way, I would say that even if the customer trusts you, until you prove me wrong, I'll trust you, that's what they're thinking. So, you know, they're giving us their trust, their loyalty, and after a short period of time, hopefully, that's established. What you want is people to describe you as uh, an adjective that's positive, and the word always should be in front of it. For example, they are always so friendly. They are always taking care of me. I can always count on them. And even when there's a problem, when they say, you know, they're not perfect, but I know that when there's a problem, I can always count on them to fix it. So always followed by something positive is very important. So 
I have a few simple little, uh, I call it the five steps or five tactics that I think will help build this customer trust. Number one is to be respectful. Customers want it, deserve it. They expect it. Uh, They want you to say please and thank you and respect them. They want you to show up on time and respect their time. Uh, That's really important. So be respectful is number one. Number two, be predictable. Customers want an experience that they can count on. And I believe this is the quickest way to building trust. And ultimately, trust will lead to customer loyalty. Because what you're looking for is uh, an experience that they can count on. And and you've heard me talk about this before. When the customer uh, receives a consistent and predictable experience, and that experience is always at least a little bit better than average, then they will start to trust you and have positive thoughts about you. And they'll start using that word that we just mentioned a few moments ago, always. Number three, create consistency. Now, predictability is great, but it only comes when there's consistency. And some would argue that that this is similar to predictability. And I just think, no, they go hand in hand. Uh, I may deal with uh, customer service or a salesperson one day, let's say his name's Bob. And the next time I come in, I deal with Susan. And I don't expect these two people to be clones of each other. In other words, I expect there to be some consistency, but not necessarily in their personalities. It's the enthusiasm they have toward taking care of me, their willingness to do what it takes to make me happy, whatever it is. And if that is consistent, I don't care what their personalities are. I don't care if it's a man, a woman. It doesn't make any difference to me. Uh, We're not looking for clones, but we are looking for consistency in their helpfulness and their enthusiasm and their willingness to take care of me or whoever the customer is. It's more about culture and personality than the actual experience. And by the way, personality is a very important part of culture. People say, well, let's hire people that fit in the culture. That's fine. They may have the right values. Do they also have the personality? All right. I digress into another area. That's my ADD kicking in. Hey, shiny object, squirrel, whatever. Anyway, that's number three is consistency. Number four is to eliminate friction. Customers want an easy um, an easy interaction with you. They, they, want it easy, they want it to be easy to do business with. Uh, if, if you're call, And I just wrote about this in an article that's going to come out in the next week or so. Um, I remember recently picking up the phone, calling a customer support area, and they asked me to punch in my account number into the keypad on the phone. And I did that. And as soon as the person came on, they asked me for my account number. And I asked them, why? They said, I need that to open your record. But didn't I just give you my account number? And all of a sudden, it's like there's friction. Why should I have to do this again? Look for friction points. You know, do a journey map of some kind. And and we've talked about journey maps before. If you do a journey map and you look at all of the places that customers interact, every place, and you say, you know what, where is there a friction point? Where are we asking the customer to do something that they shouldn't have to ask? Where is it difficult to do business with us? So number four, eliminate friction. Number five, and this is the last one we'll cover today, and that is to make no mistakes. Okay, so that's not reality. That's actually a goal. The goal is no moments of misery or no mistakes. Nobody and no organization is perfect. But trying to be is a very good goal. So when there are problems, you need to fix them and realize that you're not just fixing the problem, you're restoring the confidence of that customer. So uh, do what it takes. And by the way, when there's a mistake... Every day, if every time a person does business with you, they would say, you know what, I love doing business with them. That's because it's an always better than average experience. 
But when there's a mistake, that's your opportunity to go above and beyond. That's where it, it, it's basically where that proves that it was worth doing business with you. So those are a few tips and ideas and tactics that you can use to get the word always with something positive following it. In other words, creating trust from the predictable and consistent experience. You're being respectful, predictable, uh, consistent. You're eliminating the friction, and you are ultimately the goal of making no mistakes, no problems, no no issues that would bring up a confrontation. All right, that's enough for me right now. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to talk with Ted Rubin, and you are going to love meeting this guy. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Do I have a great book for you to read? You may have heard us having our conversation on Amazing Business Radio, but the book is Big Hearted Leadership, Five Keys to Create Success Through Compassion by Don Sorensen. Don shares his leadership principles and how they help to drive customer service and experience and how compassion trickles down into every decision you make as a leader, all the way to your organization's bottom line. So if you want to increase your bottom line and lead with compassion, you must check out Big Hearted Leadership by Don Sorensen. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you a great interview with a gentleman named Ted Rubin, who is a social marketing strategist, keynote speaker, a brand evangelist, and uh, all-around great guy. He coined the phrase uh, ROR, which is Return on Relationship. And if you ever are on Twitter, just use hashtag Ron R, R on R. And uh, what else can I tell you about this guy here? This is a cool fact. He is the most followed CMO, chief marketing officer on Twitter, according to Social Media Marketing Magazine. Ted, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Well, thanks, Shep. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, I've heard about you for a long time. We've engaged uh, kind of remotely, and it's great to have a direct conversation with you. Yeah. So, Ted, tell us where you're from. Well, not, not a I, I planet grew, far, far away. But <laughs> I, I grew up. I grew up. At, I grew up in Long Island, um, mm-hmm. just outside of New York. Spent a lot of my years in New York. Uh, now I split my time between Huntington, Long Island, and Pompano Beach, Florida. Nice. And and pretty soon, hopefully by the end of this year, I plan to relocate full time to to Pompano Beach. Nice, nice, nice. So you New York, I could tell by the accent just a little bit, just a little right. bit. <laughs> and and currently, what are you doing? Well, you know, there's basically three things I do. Um, I speak uh, about social marketing, about how to build relationships using social media. So I talk about return on relationship, how to look people in the eye digitally. I do a lot of speaking about content. Um, I do that nationally and internationally, uh, a lot of it with a company called Brand Innovators, where there are events all around the country um, every month. Uh, I also um, am on an advisory board of a number of startups, and I help them with um, their social um, social ID, which is what I call it. And I also work with them facilitating introductions to major brands. And then I do influencer advocacy evangelist work for Fortune 500 brands like MasterCard, Wells Fargo, Mary Kay, AT&T, Progressive Insurance, uh, Belkin, things like that. I'm impressed. Uh, that's a nice list. And it, it sounds like you're keeping pretty busy. So uh, I love the concept of uh, looking people in the eye digitally. And I also love the idea that you're a marketing dude and you're on, you're so focused on digital. I believe, and you've heard it before, and it's no longer a new saying, 
that customer service is the new marketing. That's been been touted for the last two, maybe three years. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, I talk about that a lot, and, and there's two ways that I speak about it. Number one is I think we have to get rid of the silos. Uh, I think customer service needs to report into the chief marketing officer or a new role, but potentially a chief customer officer, because very often um, they work under different KPIs than the marketing side does or the sales side does or or the customer service, I mean, or, or, or the customer experience side does, and it ends up becoming a real disconnect. So what I love about what you just said is that I try to tell brands that the best time to market to somebody is when they have a customer service issue because they're listening to every word you say. I liken it. I know you're the father of girls. Um, I'm the father of girls. And I talk a lot about, you know, how do I get my daughter's attention? We see our girls grow up. They become teenagers. They listen less and less to us. So to me, the customer service moment with my daughter is, or one of my daughters is when they need something, very often when they need money. So your child's daughter comes to you and says, Dad, you know, I want to go to Washington. And there's the, I want to go to Washington and I need money. And the hand goes out. And I like to say that if they turn their back when they put that hand out and don't even look at me or face me, they know nothing's going to hit that hand. So they are paying attention to every word that comes out of my mouth because they're waiting for me to say yes. It's like a customer that calls up with a customer service issue. They're waiting for you to resolve their problem or help them or at the very least listen to them and therefore they're listening to everything you say so my daughters are waiting for me to tell them whether i'm going to say yes and what i'm going to give them and it's the same thing with a customer so to me it's the best time to number one represent what is the culture of my brand what am i saying to customers as a brand from a customer service and a service viewpoint and to let them know what we're all about and what's important about us and i like to say that a brand is what a business does. A reputation is what people remember and share. And there's no better time to build your reputation than when a customer has a problem. Love it, love it. And so uh, I agree. I, it, you you basically, you're, it's, it's, uh, it's judgment day or judgment moment at that point. The customer's calling in. They're looking for support, help, dealing with a confrontation or a complaint that they might have. And they're waiting to see how you're going to handle it. And that will make them decide whether or not they want to do business with you again, whether or not they're willing to hopefully say, hey, these guys are great. I had a problem. You wouldn't believe how great they were in handling it. You know, I know I can always count on them. And I think that's great. And I'll, I, I love what you said. And I'm going to try to the, – the, the best time – I'm going to try to say it back. The best time to market is when there's a customer service moment. Is that what you said? Uh, I, more or less. I mean, okay. that's a good way of putting it. Is when, is when the best time to market to somebody is when they have a customer service issue. A customer service issue. Great. Be, be, because they're listening to you. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're finding out what is the service culture of your company. I like to say your service culture, how does it affect your customer experience culture? Because you need a strong culture internally to have one that faces externally. That's an outstanding, you know, and you're giving me all this great, you know, Twitter fodder as well as great quotes. So uh, that's out. I love it. So I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase your, your comment that the best time to market is when they're uh, when the customer is having a customer service issue. I think the yes. best time to market is any time you're interacting with the customer and it could be uh, a customer service issue, which, by the way, is probably the most powerful time versus just a normal day to day or or typical interaction because that's just being what's expected and i tell my clients 
that if they want to deliver great customer service, they don't have to be over the top all the time. They just have to be consistently better than average. However, there are going to be these opportunities that allow you to step up. And I think that's where uh, you have some great marketing opportunities. Um, no, absolutely. It's funny that you just said that because this morning I sent out a couple hours ago, I sent out a tweet that said customer service is not a department. It's everyone's job. Right, right. And that that's, you know, that's paraphrasing a customer service, is not a department. It's a philosophy. And right. it gets embraced by everybody from the CEO to the most entry level person that was just hired this morning, even in the mailroom. Um, and everybody has impact on the customer. You can actually journey map the top line where a customer is interacting directly with the company. But if you look at what's happening behind the scenes, virtually every department is impacting the customer. If they're not supporting someone, they're, you know, they're inside or they may – even a guy in the warehouse, if he packs the product the wrong way and it shows up at the customer's doorstep broken, uh, you, they might blame UPS. But if they look at it, you know, and, God, they did a lousy job packing this. They means the company they're doing business with. So powerful. So that's that's everything we're talking about is that the customer, uh, that marketing and customer service kind of go hand in hand. Uh, Tom Baldwin, uh, who I talked about, I believe, in uh, a recent episode, he was the CEO of Morton's. He used to say the best marketing department we have is our staff whenever they're interacting with our guests. And he says, and he says customer service to him is mistakes handled well. So I kind of think, you know, you could put it all together and it all works for me. You know, I, I love that, you know, and, and, you know, something I've been trying to talk to brands about is, you know, you hear a lot about omni-channel focus and how, you know, and, and this goes to customer experience. You know, you want the customer experience things in all different channels in the same way and be able to buy, get the products and, and, and their feedback and their customer service, you know, through all channels. But what happens is they forget to look at it internally. And they forget to remember that they need to be omni-channel internally before they can be omni-channel externally. And that goes to exactly what you're talking about, that customer service and, and marketing go hand in hand. And, and how many companies do you see where the CMO or the whole marketing department is basically telling the world, we love our customers, we'll do anything to make you happy. And then they call the customer service line and the first answer they get is no. I mean, I remember, and, and, and by the way, I really don't think this has changed a lot, but there was a time where I worked at 800 Flowers, and I ran their, their, I ran their, um, their business side of their business direct to, to major companies, but I ran a customer service room, and I had never done that. I was in charge of people who were picking up the phones. So instead of just – we had 20 dedicated people for companies like IBM and GM, but to learn it, I had to experience what they were doing with all the customers around the world. And the scary part is most of these people were trained that the first words out of their mouth were basically no. Really? Why? Be- because 70% of the people hang up. I mean just think about it. How often even you and I, when you get these things and you call about a subscription or something else, and right away you're told, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do to help you. And, and the reason they do that, now it's changing now because now we get off the phone and we share it. Before they were able to close their eyes to the sharing we were doing with our friends yep. where we were pissed off and we were angry. But most people, when they're told there's nothing we can do about it, say, okay, and they move on. And, and a lot of training that went on, in, and it still does in a lot of these call centers, and a lot of the way the KPIs they're rewarded on is how quickly do you move people through the queue? How quickly do you get them on the phone and off the phone? And I think that's and a I'm, big mistake. 
Oh, it's a huge mistake, and it goes so contrary to what, what what we're doing on the marketing side. And then now in this day and age, those people are getting off the phone and they're shouting out to everybody, you know, this sucks. I hate this. And now you can even track what happens when somebody gets off the phone and what do they do? I mean, not directly, but I'm sure uh, there are software solutions that are available from much larger companies who have the budget to know what's happening in that respect. And it's a huge mistake, but it's still happening. I mean, think about it. Just get on the phone. After we get off the phone, make a couple of customer service calls to, to anybody who you have a piece of equipment from, Linksys or Cablevision or any of these guys. And all in all, they're very happy to tell you they can't help you very quickly and see if they can get you off the phone. Wow. And I think it's a huge mistake because, as you mentioned, we now, as customers, have a voice, and that voice is through social media. And when we come back from our break, I want to talk a little bit more about you Social media. I also want to talk about here's something that's big with you establishing trust both inside and outside of your brand. I believe people want to do business, and it's an old saying with people that they know, like, and what? Trust. Trust. And I think trust is huge, and I know uh, that's one of the things that you are known for. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to take a really short break. When we come back, Ted Rubin is going to share more of his incredible insights. We'll be right back. Chef Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking to Ted Rubin about branding and about marketing and about social media. And we're going to talk about trust inside and outside of the brand. But before we do that, uh, Ted, you and I were talking briefly about something that's near and dear to your heart. And you're actually bringing in this concept into some of... Uh, what you do on stage as you do speeches, but you have this concept, uh, I believe, hashtag, that dad don't quit. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, the hashtag is this dad won't quit. Oh, this dad won't sure. quit. No, I just want to make sure I'm not cor- correcting you in that. I, 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 The concept is right. I just want to make sure people search it. I have a Twitter handle, this dad won't quit. I, I'm a dad that had to fight to keep my daughters in my life. I was divorced. Wait, this dad don't night. or won't quit? This dad won't quit. Won't quit. Okay, let's make sure we get that right because I, I was wrong. You're right. So you are correcting me, and, and that's okay. Uh, every once in a while, when um, I correct my wife, I say, all I want you to say in return is, you're right. Ted, well, you're right. <laughs> this oh my God. dad you won't know, and quit. And by the way, Shep, I really appreciate that. If you were a woman, it would mean a lot more to me. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying. But getting back to what it is, there's, there's – I recently – but I, I, people who know me know that there's a lot of videos out there about what I talk about, about return and relationship and, and how I feel about it. But I recently um, launched a video that talks a little bit more about my, my struggles as a dad and how it relate, how it's important to me as a, as a pis- business, as a person and in my business. And also how I relate to the struggle I ha- I've had and continue to have with my daughters to us as marketers struggling with people that don't necessarily want to listen to us or be a part of what we do. Uh, the name of that video is The Dad That Doesn't 
quit. It's a little bit different than the hashtag, but if you go to Ted Rubin USA on YouTube, um, it's right there. It's also on my Facebook page. It's at the top of my business Facebook page. But basically, I have to fight to keep my daughters in my life. Um, it's become a lifelong struggle, and I really just talk about opening up my heart because there's a lot of people out there struggling with similar things about what it's meant to me, what I've done, how this never say die, um, no let up um, um, part of my life has been instilled in me uh, early on by my parents, by a wrestling coach. And then I related to just communicating with an audience that doesn't necessarily want to hear from you and, and how you have to figure out to communicate in a way that works for them, number one, and that in another way that means something to you. So like I always say, no matter what ends up happening with my daughters down the road, I will always have it in my heart, what I care about, what they mean to me, and, and how important they are to me in my future. So, you know, it, it's a really important video. I'd love if people checked it out. It, it tells you a little bit about more who I am as a person. A lot of people have known this because it's been public for a lot of years. I've spoken about it on stage. But I also think it's very relevant in this day and age just with relationships in general and how we how we just don't never give up on those things and another hashtag that i use that's related to it and a concept that you can find on my blog is no let up n-o-l-e-t-u-p because i don't believe there's any let up in life right no let up and i believe when it comes to your kids and what you're talking about there has to be unconditional love um and i think that's an important piece of it and i mean i've had my struggles with my kids and we all have um some more than others, and you and I have a few things in common we talked about. But the uh, the other piece of it is, for me, I believe in forgiveness. I am a forgiving person. My mother says I forgive to a flaw. I think my wife says that, too. <laughs> but, you know, when you forgive, you're not just doing it for the other person. I mean, it, it can eat you up inside no, no, anger you know, and I, pain. I, look, I talk about this all the time. There's a, there's a woman who has a company called Be Good to People. I have a, a Twitter handle, Just Be Nice, and I use the, the hashtag Just Be Nice. And I, what I tell people is it's not just about other people. It makes you feel better. When, when you let go of, of that anger, and I was very angry. I had a four-year battle to keep my daughters in my life. Um, it, it, it's been constant throughout everything since I've been divorced and continues now. Um, I, uh, I was very angry. And, and I woke up one morning um, a lot of years ago, and I just made a decision that I didn't want to be angry anymore. And I wanted to fall to happy the way kids default to happy. And I make a major effort to do that because, like you just said so wisely, it's not just about the other people. It will make your life better. There just is no doubt about that. I believe it was and, – and boy, you're going to think this is a smart dude. I'm going to quote from Shakespeare. The Merchant of Venice. I only remember, this is like what I remember from high school. This was the book we had to read, and I really liked it. And in the book, uh, the, the, I, I, I don't know if it's a soliloquy or, or whatever, but the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as a gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. Basically, uh, blesses those who give it and those that receive. And I never forgot just, I not only... Uh, and that's not exactly the way it is, but it's pretty close. But I remember what it meant. And, you know, I think that's really important. And, you know, maybe uh, – and, and we'll, we'll flip it over to business. I think in business that could be important too. You know, you can have a customer that's a little irate. And guess what? The customer's not always right. But they're always the customer. And if they're not right, you let them be wrong with dignity and you respect them. And maybe they see the light. Maybe they don't. But you know what? You move on. And I think some of these things that happen uh, in business, boy, they get magnified when it has to do with your family and your kids and, 
And uh, but I still think that some of the things that you're talking about, going back to you know resetting it, happy, uh, the ability to forgive and move on and not let it eat you up inside. Uh, you know, love your customers unconditionally. Well, to a degree, so, definitely love your kids. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And you know, it's funny you just said that because I mentioned the tweet I sent out this morning that said customer service is not a department; it's everyone's job. Somebody replied to me with something I retweeted because it was great. His name is Toby Metcalf, and he said the customer is not always right. You make them believe they are. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, and you know, another side of it is when you're in the argument, the old saying is you're not trying to win the argument. You're trying to win the customer. Right, so, exactly. Anyway, let's talk about trust. That's a big part of what you do, trust inside and outside of the brand. No, absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, first of all, when uh, there's, a, there's a line I use that when someone asks me what's the ROI of social, um, I ask them what's the ROI of loyalty. And what's the ROI of trust? Because we all know that in the C-suite, very few CEOs really understand some of the terminology we're using, whether it's about advocacy or sharing. But they all, every last one of them, understand trust and understand loyalty. They all understand average order value, lifetime value of a customer, and frequency of purchase. And to me, what's being overlooked a lot is the internal side of that, like you're just talking about. Like, you know, how do you encourage collaboration and innovation? You know, the six words, in my opinion, never to utter in an omnichannel environment is we always we've always done it this way. Meaning we're not open to change. They, you've got to start empowering your employees to collaborate with each other, to start floating new ideas, to try new ways of getting things done, and stop thinking in terms of silos of information and people and start thinking about ways to connect everybody. You, you know the old ABC, always be closing, and one I like is ABT, always be tweaking. You know, developing an omnichannel focus. You know, it's not easy. I, I don't know how much you've gotten involved with the, with with the actual practicing of this, or getting involved in a company, or or even sitting down in a room with some of these execs and making the kind of recommendations you and I make, and them saying, "Well, you know what? That sounds great, but you know, how do we? How can we accomplish that?" And and most often, it's not you or I that can answer that. It's they have to start looking internally. And think about developing, you know, a, a collaborative system, you know, ensuring that everyone's on board, breaking all these internal barriers that exist everywhere. And a lot of those barriers are simple fear, you know, fear of getting uh, uh, of, of showing up your boss, fear of being made to look stupid, you know, and, and they're keys to delivering a, a seamless customer experience across all these channels. I mean, think about this. It used to be, you know, someone just came into your store and, and, and you knew every one of your employees. And now first, you know, it became mass merchandising in these huge stores and, and, and multiple locations all over the country and the world. And now there are outlets that are coming in from all different places. You've got, you know, your digital, you've got your mobile channels and bringing that all together is, is really a challenge. The technology is changing. New channels are opening every day. Peer-to-peer commerce is becoming something that, that is growing. So staying on top more than anything means staying flexible enough to shift and tweak the process as needed. You know what's amazing is that for about, I'm going to say two-thirds to three-quarters of what you just talked about was focused internally. And I think this is a really important message. Everything we're talking about, uh, trust, uh, customer service, uh, developing customer loyalty. 
It's got to start inside your organization. Uh, you talk about breaking down silos of information. I talk about building a culture that's one. You talked about uh, the chief customer officer uh, being involved. If, if somebody doesn't have that title, perhaps it's something to consider because that would make sure that every decision that's made, at least the customer's being considered. It may not be a, a positive customer experience, but at least you're considering, you know, raising the prices is probably not going to make a lot of customers happy, but it's something you may have to do. All of the things that you're talking about start internally, and from there it permeates outward. So one of my favorite tweets that I've shared is what's happening on the inside of a company is felt on the outside of the company. Absolutely. So absolutely. You know, I agree. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 no. You're you're great. Let's let you roll, man. You've got some great insight. You know, I I wanted to say that to you know a lot of people. Here's what happens. I think a lot of things are being held up now by fear, and it's not the fear that people have been thinking about the last few years. The fear that most people think when you mention that word is fear of letting people say things, fear of social media, fear of the message being brought out or given out the, the wrong way, fear of your employees embarrassing you. I don't think. I think people have gotten past that to agree only because they know they can't control it. I think it's more the fear of all the hard work that's in front of them now, of all the different areas they have to go into. Once they open this Pandora's box, that it's just going to continue. But to me, this is a very exciting time to, to be in business because technology is allowing us to not only change our thinking, around delivering value to customers. And my, my friend John Andrews and I call it retail relevancy, but also to empower every employee to be a part of that process. It used to be it just happened in certain places. You know, when everyone's connected and processes stay transparent, it's much easier to maintain fluidity in today's hyper-competitive marketplace. Think about embracing an omni-channel focus inside your organization, not just outside Love it. Love it. So we're going to wrap up here. And boy, that may have been a perfect sentence to wrap up on, but I'm going to let you do one more. Is there one thing that you can think of you'd like to share with us? I know you talk about bringing marketing and customer service together to deliver a great customer experience. Give us one final nugget, something you absolutely want us to remember and maybe even do. Okay. Think about this. A network gives you reach, but a community gives you power networks connect communities care so do everything you can internally to build your company into a community versus just a network of people and then take that culture and bring it outside and build your consumers maybe not into one because very often they're in all different places but do the best to empower community building love it love it you are listening to ted rubin share amazing sage advice and this by the way is why we call it amazing business radio so ted thanks for being on the show uh, my pleasure you know it it's it, i've really enjoyed this i think we've now started what's going to be a great friendship and i'm looking forward to it i hope and so one, la- one last thing i want to leave your, your 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 listeners with is that remember relationships are like muscle tissue the more you engage them the stronger and more valuable they become Wow. Love it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and listen to this. I'm going to write down all of these great lines, and I'm going to start tweeting them all out. By the way, giving you credit. Have to give you credit. So what is your uh, Twitter handle? 
at Ted Rubin, T-E-D-R-U-B-I-N. By the way, you might see a bunch of others with my name on it. They are mine because I, I, I've built what I call a syndication network via Twitter under all different things. But my main primary handle that only I tweet from is Ted, at Ted Rubin. At Ted Rubin. Well, Ted, thanks for being on the show. This is Shep Hyken. You've been listening to Amazing Business Radio. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.